0: Is there something going on with Pret? Like, are you a shareholder or something that you haven't disclosed or... You're obsessed. I'm not obsessed. Look, no, no, listen. Okay. This is just a brief thing
1: that I want to mention. Now, (laughs) I promise you, I'm not being paranoid or anything. But... After the last time we talked about Pret, immediately after that, just the Pret that I visit moved the hot stoppers from behind the counter to where they should be with the napkins and the sugars and the utensils and all of that. So they have a little space where you can pick up a hot stopper after you get your drink. And I thought, oh, isn't this fantastic at first? This is a company-wide policy change that has happened everywhere, and they're finally doing it the way that it's supposed to be done. But no, turns out, after visiting a few other prets, I discovered it is just the pret that I went to and complained about in the morning. So... I basically decided I can't ever go there again. It's just too weird. Someone's listening. And I've been getting tea in the morning instead as part of my morning routine.
0: So just so I'm absolutely clear here, you think someone at that Pret listens to Hello Internet, hears the things you complain about, about your Pret hot stopper drink experience, and has been altering Pret's standard practices to cater to your whims. When you say it like that, it sounds obsessed and
1: paranoid but (laughs) yes it does so i'm not i'm not saying that's the case i'm just saying that i'm not sure that i'm comfortable going there every morning anymore i think maybe my time with Pret has come to an end or at least that particular Pret.
0: (laughs) i tell you what i think you should tell me which Pret it is and next time i'm in london i'm gonna go in there in either an hi t-shirt or a nailing gear t-shirt and really carefully monitor the staff and look at the way they look at me (laughs) and see if there's any like recognition in their eyes and then I'll know. First thing we have to follow up is your sports
1: fairy tale story here. Because when I was looking in the Reddit and people were discussing this situation you talked about last time with Leicester City's incredible win. Yeah. And you portrayed it to me as though, oh, the winning teams, they are run by all of these Russian billionaires and you, you can't beat them. But it turns out the Leicester City guy is just some Thai billionaire. So... The story here is one billionaire beats another billionaire with their toy sports league. That's what happened. All right, well... You left out that part of the story.
0: Well, (laughs) now it's my turn to sound a bit nutty, but
1: there are different kinds of billionaires. I, I guess you would know. You're the guy who hangs out with billionaires, so...
0: When a billionaire buys a football club, some of them sink lots of money into it and try to make it this winning team that's going to take all before it. This is uh-huh. this is what happened with Chelsea and this is what happened with Manchester City. Uh-huh. But there are other billionaires that buy football clubs just as rational businessmen who don't want to lose money on it and invest reasonable amounts of money. And that's what's happened in the case of the tyre guy. And if you have a look at the amount of money that had been spent on the squad and players of Leicester City, and this has been done many times in various infographics and things... The Leicester City squad cost a pittance and is made up of a ragtag bunch of (laughs) uh, players who didn't cost millions and they were just the scraps that were pulled together at bargain basement prices. And now all those players are indeed worth millions because they've won the premiership together. So there is a big difference in the way this was done. But let's, let's, but let's be honest here. These guys still earn a lot of money. It's not like this is a bunch of school kids off the beach in Brazil that have come and won in bare feet and potato <laughs> right. sacks. You know, They're but, not the mighty ducks, right? That's no, what you're saying yeah, here. <laughs> these guys are good enough to play in the premiership. So they, they do have agents that can say, hey pay my guy a reasonable amount of money. You know, they're not carpooling to the ground or anything like that. <laughs> but when you stack all the numbers up against each other, this really is a true underdog story. Okay. All right? Okay. But it's billionaires playing
1: against each other and multi-millionaires versus underdog regular millionaires. Is that <laughs> the situation? Is that what it is? Well, maybe. <laughs> what does a bargain basement Premier League soccer guy cost?
0: I don't know, I mean, there's this guy called Jamie Vardy who was playing for a club that is so low when he started playing for it, it wasn't even in the league anymore. Mm -hmm. And then he had a really good season for them and a talent scout identified him and I think they bought him for a million pounds. This guy who's become the hero of the story, and they say if they make a Hollywood movie about this, he's going to be the central character. And the really good players in the Premier League, like the top, top players, 10 million is cheap and it goes up from there. So okay, you're looking at a tenth of the price at least. Another guy who won like the MVP player of the season, this guy called Mares. I think he was bought for something like only four hundred thousand pounds from a French second division club, and now he's been named the best player in all the Premiership. And he would now be worth, I would guess, twenty million pounds. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is this, they basically they got bargains. And the team gelled together and these guys just came of age. Thank you for the clarification. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just
1: wasn't 100% sure because I just saw some people mentioning like, oh, it's a Thai billionaire beats a Russian billionaire. And
0: I'm like, Brady sold me a different story. <laughs> I, I, I think that, I mean, that is true. It is owned by a billionaire and he's a very rich guy. This guy, this Thai billionaire actually after the game uses the center circle of the soccer pitch as his helicopter pad sometimes and flies back, <laughs> flies off. So, so he is a rich guy. He is a rich guy. That's awesome. Yeah. But he, but <laughs> but, but he, he has not sunk a disproportionate amount of money like the owners of Manchester City and Chelsea. They've just thrown the kitchen sink at it and basically said, "I don't care if I make a loss, I want trophies." This Thai billionaire is like some the owners of some other clubs who's a bit more rational about it because you know he never thought he could win it, so it wasn't like he was throwing the kitchen sink at it. He just wanted them to survive and wanted right, it to be a, right. an income source for him. So there you go. We were
1: discussing the. 5,000 to 1 odds of this particular event occurring. As many people wanted to point out, those odds were 5,000 to 1 for this particular sports team occurring. And so, Brady, you having an incredibly unlikely thing occur in the league in your lifetime is much more likely than it seems because, of course, there are many 5,000 to 1 events that are happening all the time. Not to diminish, of course, the amazingness of, of you having seen this, but... We will slightly because, of course, we only notice the incredibly rare things that, that do happen to us. So it's it's like this funny statistics of how rare events are more likely than, again, in humans would intuitively think they are because you can't possibly think of all of the rare events that don't occur all yeah. the
0: time. And I, I totally get that. There's, I'm sure a bookmaker would give you odds on the Loch Ness Monster wandering onto the field during one of the games. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I do understand what these people are saying. But this is like winning the league. And of all the things you can bet on in the course of a league season, yeah. w- winning the league is kind of the one thing that matters the most. But I, g- I get what they're saying. And yeah. it's still
1: a fairy tale. And I, yeah, And I understand <laughs> the subjective joy of watching such a thing i may give you a hard time about this i am sympathetic to the fun that you must be having watching your sports games
0: and also to win a league like lots and lots of unlikely things have to happen over the course of a season but but i think this whole thing just goes to show that even billionaires have their dreams come true sometimes I also just want to say thank you to all of the listeners from the last episode who have sympathised with my inability to clap along with the song Starlight by Muse. It turns out I am not alone. Even drummers have acknowledged that it's not the easiest thing in the world. And some people have even explained to me how it works, saying, oh, it's easy, Brady. It just goes, you know, one, two, one, three, but the three's on the second thing of the fourth bar. And when they start singing, it switches to a one, two, one, two, one, three. And and I'm like, oh, God, what a nightmare. But most people have said, you're not alone. And they've been watching footage of this song being played at concerts and saying most of the people in the audience are mucking it up as well. So I think I've always thought it was just me, but it turns out no one knows how to do this thing. Did you have a listen? Did
1: you have a try? I I definitely gave the song a listen uh, in no small part because I was editing it into the last show. But then as I was listening, I thought, oh, this is actually quite a catchy song. And so I listened to it quite a few times and I got caught out by what I realized you were getting caught out by is like, oh, it sounds easy at first, but it changes. And it it changes and it's hard to follow along with. So I I would not be confident of my own ability to clap along with this. And the people confidently telling you how to clap along, those are music people, right? Who who already have this whole vocabulary in their mind that simplifies down the project of what is occurring here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I tell you, Gray, Muse are really good. And I've said it before on the podcast and I'll say it again. I know you don't like going to live performances, but see Muse live, people. They are extraordinary not only have they got lots of good songs but they just they perform them very well live i can't explain why i just don't get it it just sounds like no one else they're really good see them live at glastonbury
1: and clap along with brady what else we got let's go to the uh listener photo thing
0: all right here we go I can already hear Gray sharpening his scissors. People, if you're, if you're listening to this, it's a miracle. Trust me, people. I am getting your messages. I am getting your emails and your listener photos. And I often bring them up on the podcast. And then when Gray sends me like the rough draft for a listen, I'm like, oh, what happened to those listener photos? And there's always some story about the flow or... Basically, he says they're just really boring. So, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I don't give you a story. Last time you said, what happened to that section? And I just wrote back. It was boring. Yeah. <laughs> there's no story. There's no story. <laughs> I am not one for spinning an elaborate tale to let you down gently about why I cut a section. It's like there's always one answer, and the answer it was boring to listen to. <laughs> I don't I don't know if
0: I respect that, or I kind of wish you'd spin me an elaborate story, but anyway.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll make up a story once, I'll write it out, and then I'll just copy-paste it every time <laughs> I cut something.
0: I have a listener photo, and this one sort of ties in with gambling and things like that. So, I think I've got a chance this time. Paul, let me send you... It came with a photo, as, as uh, always. I really love it when people send in photos proving that they listen to the podcast in the context they claim to be. So, uh-huh. I'm going to open up this email from Michael. Uh, I can already hear you, like... I can already hear the resistance in you. <laughs> well, I mean, because... Okay, so listen, listen.
1: Somehow... Things people might be doing while listening to the Hello Internet podcast Corner devolved into Brady wants to describe verbally a photograph that somebody sent him Corner. Yeah, that's, Ray, that's because that's that's what it's become. Let, let me let me, t- let me talk
0: you through the reason for this. What, okay. what we are doing is a podcast. Right? This is a, uh-huh. this is a, an audio medium. People cannot see right. the picture we are looking at. And who's Dan? So, so I am using words and the audio medium to convey to them this uh, this thing. So here's the picture.
1: Okay, are you sending me on uh, iMessage?
0: Yep. And if, we, if okay. this has made it into the show, this picture will probably be in the show notes. Uh, so you can look at it. You don't just have to listen to us describe it. But I know some of you are driving and some of you are walking the dogs and some of you are doing the dishes. And you might not be able to look at this picture. So for that reason, Gray is about to describe it to you. All right, this is a pretty cool-looking picture. It's someone listening or playing
1: Hello Internet on their iPad while gambling. It looks like they're in a casino, and they have a
0: huge pile of chips in front of them. Indeed. Let me read to you some of what Michael says in his email. Hello, Brady. I know you and CGP Grey enjoy hearing what listeners are doing when they're listening to Hello Internet. Well, I don't know where Michael gets that idea from because Gray certainly doesn't enjoy it, but I do enjoy it anyway.
1: He must be working his way through the archives. Yeah,
0: he's listening to the early stages when you used to leave these in. Michael says, I'm a professional poker player who plays both live and online. Very cool. Yeah, and I do a majority of my listening to Hello Internet while I'm in the casino at the poker table. He says live poker tournaments can be very long and the larger tournaments take four or five days to complete, with each day often involving more than 12 hours of play. It is important to focus during a tournament, however the long days can get gruelling, very tiring or even boring at times. I have found that listening to music while I play is distracting, especially because the casinos often have their own music playing. However, listening to your podcast is perfect to keep me awake and entertained while keeping my mind active and helping me to stay focused and engaged at the table. So Michael is listening to Hello Internet while playing professional poker tournaments. Michael goes on to say, not every tournament is a success. In fact, a majority are not. However, the tournament in which I took this picture, I wound up finishing in third place for nearly $130,000. Way! He says, I suppose a thank you is an order for providing such a great podcast, which enables me to excel as I play poker. I'll just say, Michael, you don't need to thank us. You just need to support us on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, just, there's, uh,
1: I think we could work out a, a, a royalty deal here. I think that uh, that might yeah. work out. So I, I zoomed in on the chips because the numbers were so big. Now now that you say he's a professional poker player, mm. now it makes sense. Because I'm looking at the, these stacks of hundreds and five hundreds in terms of chips. And like, that is a lot of money on the table there Yeah, uh, that I'm looking at. Some of these chips might even be a thousand. Uh, I don't know the colors yeah. off the top of my head. But I was looking at like, is this some casino in Mexico? Like, is are these pesos? <laughs> so I zoomed in and it's the Borgata Hotel in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Mm. Uh, So those are dollars. Those are a lot of dollars.
0: And another thing Michael did, because, I mean, I have no idea if this is real or not. We could be taken for a ride. But Michael did send in lots of evidence, lots of links to his profiles and his CV Mm. and his, his profile of different tournaments he've won. And a link to this tournament he's in showing the standing. So I have done a bit of research and I'm feeling pretty confident this is the real deal. This is fascinating
1: to me, though, because... As usual with this sort of thing, I have a very hard time understanding how any human being can think while something is talking in their ear, which I'm more and more convinced is related to the sub vocalization thing that we talked about several podcasts ago. Like, this is why this causes such a problem for me, but for people who don't do it, they're totally fine. But it also occurs to me that I think we really are probably helping him win because if he's listening to the podcast, this is going to put reverse tells on his facial expressions if his face is reacting Ah. to what we're saying it's not reacting to the cards that are in front of him so i think it could be helping to throw off the other players so it's not just even to pass the time i really do think that we're helping we're helping in a small way to win these rounds of poker
0: I think so. I think he should at least flick one chip our way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for that picture, Michael. I'm feeling mildly confident this might make it into the show.
1: One of these days I want to relearn how to play poker. I haven't played since I was a little kid.
0: Oh, I love it, it, Gray. I'll play poker with you. I really like playing poker. I used to to watch the tournaments on TV all the time and all sorts. I love it. It's it's
1: something I've thought could be interesting because I think this game seems to exist... Like, I, I believe professional players when they say that it is not just about the numbers, that it's it's about playing an opponent. And I think, oh, I, I can see how that could be the case. But it, it looks interesting. It's just something I've been vaguely thinking, oh, I should relearn how to play that. But maybe I'll be, Brady and I will be playing poker at some point in the future.
0: And and you know what we could do? We could both be listening to Hello Internet at the same time so we don't give tales away.
1: This episode of Hello Internet is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the ridiculously easy to use online accounting software designed to help creative entrepreneurs get organized, save time and get paid faster. FreshBooks is a super simple way to create and send an invoice online there's no formulas or formatting just perfectly crafted invoices every time your clients can pay you online which often means you end up getting paid a lot faster and i have to say having been on the receiving end of freshbook invoices i totally have paid them way faster because they just have it right there there's a couple buttons you can press you have a few options to pick they do make it super simple to pay so i am definitely one of those clients who if i receive an invoice that is from freshbooks I will pay it faster just because it's easier to do. Now, if you do have a client that doesn't pay you on time, FreshBooks will handle the awkwardness with customizable late payment reminders. Not only do they do amazing invoices, but FreshBooks can also automatically import expenses from your bank account. It can handle your time tracking so that when it comes to create that invoice, you'll know precisely what you did and when. And it helps you with cash flow tracking. All of the little details about what's come in and what's gone out are kept in one place so freshbook knows exactly what invoices you sent who's paid them and who owes you what so if you're a self-employed person if you are running a company and you're looking for a better way to handle your invoices make things simpler get paid faster show freshbooks a little bit of the hello internet love by going to freshbooks.com hello and telling them that hello internet is how you heard about them thanks to freshbooks for supporting the show
0: Grey, I I must ask, I don't know if you do, have you been following, I should say, our website, the podcast postcards website, which you have nothing whatsoever to do with, I do it all, but it's your website too, because the postcards were sent to us. I just wanted to bring it up, because I think the last couple of weeks, it's been a rich vein of form, and I think we've had some really good postcards. For people who don't know, we had this postcard vote at the end of last year, we got sent thousands and thousands of postcards. And every day I upload a new one to this site, podcastpostcards.com. And just lately, I just think there've been some really good ones. So if people have forgotten that exists or didn't know it existed, now's a good time to check it out.
1: No, it looks great. I don't go there every day because what I prefer is what mm-hmm. happens quite naturally. That Every once in a while, I remember it exists. I happen to be on Twitter when the, the yeah. Twitter account posts or whatever. And then when I remember it exists, I go and I like to look at them yeah. in a big bunch. I like there to be 20 to scroll yeah. through and to take a look at all at once instead of getting yeah. them every single day on the day. Like a box set. You like to binge. Yes, that's exactly right. I like to binge podcast postcard. I don't like it when they (laughs) release one episode at a time and you have to wait until the next episode. It's no good. All right, there you go. How far through these things do you think you are? You have that big display Uh, box of postcards behind you.
0: I mean, how many did we get? Like 5,000? Suddenly, I can't have done more than 100 or a couple of hundred. So This is reminding me of, of like a calculus problem that I used to have
1: to do in college where they do the thing about the dripping bucket where you have a bucket and there's water dripping out the bottom, but there's some amount of water that's pouring in the top. How long does it take for the bucket to run out? And so what I'm wondering is, this website is dripping postcards out onto the internet every day, but you're still getting some trickling in from people on occasion. So what is the rate of flow in versus rate of flow out look like?
0: The rate of flow in has slowed a lot now. We're definitely not getting one a day. So the bucket will empty now. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Might be many, many years, but the bucket will empty someday. You can't give it up though, Brady. You got to stick with this. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But... But hang in there if you've sent in a postcard and you're hoping to see it one day. It still could be there. It still could be coming. Don't give up. Yeah, I, I totally
1: love it. And as always with this stuff, I just love the, the jokes and the references and the things that people do on the internet. Like so many of them have a clever joke that's related to the podcast or they pick a funny postcard. Uh, I'm just always impressed by what people can do. I really love this uh, Tatooine one that you put up on May the 4th. You know, there's just so many really great looking ones. I really quite like it. So go check it out, people. All right. Now, I really don't think that this podcast needs a bi-weekly update on how the automated car industry is going. However, I did just want to mention one link that came across my path since we recorded last time. And we were talking about avs and tipping and uber because there was just the most perfect link that combined everything together which is the story that uber has announced that they have been already testing their own self-driving cars they're apparently retrofitting ford fusions or something but they've been testing their own self-driving cars on the streets of philadelphia and of course to me This sounds like fantastic news because it gets rid of the problem of having to tip the drivers, right? So if Uber is moving in this direction, I am very happy to hear that. (laughs) I bet the drivers (laughs) are. Here's the thing, you know, I mentioned last time that in Uber, sometimes I practice socializing by talking to the drivers. And one of the topics I I sometimes dance around and I, I don't really address directly but i often want to know with those drivers is this the long-term plan that that you're going to drive the uber or do you have an alternate plan in the future sometimes i feel like should i bring up the automated car thing should i should i see what this person thinks about it but i I feel like it's never really a topic that i want to bring up with an uber driver when i am in an uber the drivers themselves can't possibly be happy about this news. But as I've said before, the CEO of Uber, whose name I always forget, he's always been really explicit about wanting self-driving cars. And, and you know, whatever it was, months ago, he made that announcement about like, anyone who can sell me self-driving cars, I will buy them. And no one was. So apparently, they've just taken it into their own hands to do this themselves. Which, to me, this genuinely makes one of the most interesting pieces of self-driving car news in a while because i think uber's really going to want to push this and i think they're they're going to want to have it just super fast and i think when you look around at other things that could possibly happen like tesla's not going to be manufacturing things in a large scale necessarily anytime soon is apple coming out with a self-driving car maybe maybe not so maybe uber is going to actually be the surprise contender for the first company to get massive amounts
0: of self-driving cars uh, on the road before anybody else? I don't think they will. Oh yeah? Why do you think that? I I could be wrong about this, but I feel like Uber has a bad reputation. They're seen as quite bullish and they're quite precocious and they're they like to sort of trample and and bully mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. and politicians. And like that gets them only so far. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to tread on too many toes and piss off too many people. And they're going to start hitting some resistance in different areas with authorities. That's going to really hamper them. They're like a budget airline. They kind of really push and trample. But they can only go so far until people start to say, oh, you guys are just... Cox. (laughs) so i think that's going to cause them problems and i think you know i i I like uber and i use it and i think they're they're quite forward thinking and i think they're they're here to stay but i think they're starting to venture into areas where you need a lot of financial clout a lot of political now and a really good reputation and really good relationships and i don't think from what i've seen uber is not good at building relationships it's good at sort of leaning on people until they get their way. Have you clicked the link
1: in the show notes? Have you seen the picture of what their self-driving car looks like?
0: Yeah, it's like a normal car with a sort of a huge contraption on the top. Right. But looking at that car, I think there's
1: two interesting things about it. The first is Mm -hmm. it really looks like they have manufactured some kind of piece that they want to be able to just stick on top of cars. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine that that's just a modular component that they would love to be able to slap on top of a bazillion cars to try to get the system going. But the yeah. other thing about it is, when you talk about Uber being this bullying company, you are totally right. And I often think as well, was Uber the best name? Like everything about the branding of this company is kind of dickish. The name Uber sounds to me like a conquering name. And then I'm looking at this self-driving car and all I can think of is, in comparison, Google's self-driving cars, which they design... Their prototype ones are designed to be super cute so that people really like them. But mm. the Uber car, it looks like something out of Star Wars, right? It looks like yeah. something that the Empire would be using yeah. to survey the local population.
0: That modular thing they've put on top, rather than looking like a bunch of cameras, looks like RPG launchers.
1: Yeah, yeah it looks like you have <laughs> RPG launchers. It looks like you have an all-seeing eye and radar to listen to everybody. <laughs> It is the most unfriendly looking self-driving car I have yet seen. (laughs) The very first ones were the Toyota Previas, which are kind of cute. They're little cars. They're non-threatening. But this Uber car, it just, it was one of the first things that just struck me is this is unintentionally perfect branding. Your name Uber with this evil looking car, plus the way you run your business. It's like suddenly something clicked in my head of like, I don't know if this is the best way to go branding wise. I don't know if you're going to win a lot of friends with this one. I really do mean that that I I think this is a, a super interesting piece of news precisely because of who Uber is and the way they go about things. And will they be successful at this? Or is this the moment where they get a lot of pushback? And that, that modular piece on top, it really makes me wonder. But I, I think this is the most interesting piece of self-driving car news I've heard in maybe the last year. I, I think this is fascinating. I can't, I can't wait to see where it goes. But Uber, I know you just did a rebranding, but maybe it's time to
0: rebrand again, like today. <laughs> <laughs> We're always up for talking a bit of flags. And I saw a nail in gear flag in the wild, Mm -hmm. or someone else saw it in the wild and sent it to us that I was very excited by. Someone called Unacceptable Lemons on the Reddit (laughs) sent us a picture that they obviously screen grabbed off the live stream from Coachella, the music festival. And you see a big audience of people in front of a band playing and one lone member of the audience is holding aloft one. Normally there's a hundred flags at these concerts, but there's just one oh, yeah? flag being held aloft and it is the mighty nail and gear. I was so amazed that I assumed it was a fake and had been photoshopped, uh-huh. but I'm, I'm assured it's not. Apparently it's the real thing. So someone has gone to this concert with thousands of people and they're just waving the nail and gear in front of the cameras and it's there like a beacon. Over the audience, I loved
1: it. Looking at the picture, I can tell it's real because of the pixels. It definitely this is there's no <laughs> way this is photoshopped. I have to. It looks awesome to see the flag out in the real world being waved around proudly. Yeah, uh, and it looks great to see it in a big crowd of people too. I, that that's super fun. And yep. there's one other thing that someone sent me on Twitter, which I really liked. I'll put it in the show notes. It's Valthonus on Twitter. And he posted how he flies the nail and gear when a new episode of the podcast is out. And so he puts it up in front of his house whenever there's a new episode of H.I. dropping. And I think that is fantastic. I really like that. I like the idea that somewhere in the world, when a Hello Internet episode goes live, someone is putting up a flag to mark the moment.
0: (laughs) I do, I do love that <laughs> it's like how when the queens at buckingham palace they fly her special flag above the building right right i think if you're listening to Halloween in your house you should be flying <laughs> the nailing no gear above your house just just for that two hour period just for that two hour period and once you finish bring it down make sure it doesn't touch the ground right. fold it up fold it up put it away yep. <laughs> get out your flag handling gloves you know the whole the whole routine speaking of flags though Many, many people have brought to our attention the Milwaukee situation. So I guess we should talk about that briefly. The city of Milwaukee famously has... Well, let's just say it. It has a terrible flag, doesn't it? The Milwaukee flag is famously bad-looking. This seems very unofficial, but it's almost become official. I don't think this has been backed by any authorities or anyone with any power to change the flag, but some person or group or something called the people's flag of milwaukee have started their own design process and vote for a flag but they're very organized and they're also trying to encourage people to lean on the councillors to change the flag based on their poll Hmm. and the media is really picking up on it so while this is sort of amateur, and it's not its not the real deal. It does seem to be a little bit beyond just a bunch of people in their kitchen that seems to have a little bit of momentum behind it. And they have come up with a shortlist of flags that they think should replace the Milwaukee dog's breakfast flag. And have you seen the shortlist, Gray? Well, that's interesting, because I, I had been, uh, as you
1: were, inundated with lots of links to the Milwaukee flag stuff. And I just assumed that it was an official thing from everything I had, I had briefly seen. So it's interesting to know that it seems perfectly official, but because it is so well done. I could be wrong. I
0: don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I can tell, it just looks official. But if you have a look at their official website, they have a section where they list all the council sort of older people. Mm -hmm. And they're telling people, let these people know that you support the initiative to adopt. So it looks like maybe this hasn't got the official imprimatur yet but it's getting it's getting momentum so maybe it's a bit like our hot stopper campaign while starbucks hasn't officially endorsed it everyone knows about it and it's inevitable that it's going to happen right
1: and they're slowly rolling it out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah every, everybody was tweeting this but i i'm i'm actually not a fan of this uh yeah <laughs> i'm not sure if i was if i was Milwaukee, i would want to change it I think this is one of these cases where your flag has become so famous for being bad that it is now its own thing, right? Are we talking Maryland Point here? uh, No, no, no. Okay, so Maryland Point is not what I was going to say, because this is not so bad it's good. There's, Hmm. There's something different about this. The Milwaukee flag is... It is fugly. It is just awful. Uh, it really, really is. It's it's yeah. terrible. There's no way I can be like, oh, it, it's so bad. It's good.
0: It breaks every rule of flag design and then makes up new rules and breaks <laughs> them too. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: terrible. The closest thing I can think of is this is like on the national stage, how the flag of Nepal gets to be the one that's different, how the flag of Nepal has a different shape. Now, of course, yeah. that flag is, is a nicely designed flag. It's very interesting, of course. I feel like the Milwaukee flag has reached the point where it gets to be the one hideous flag. That we, we okay. can go around and we can clean up all of the other flags and make them better and that would be nice and everything. But I, when I first heard about the Milwaukee referendum, I thought, no, no, I'm not in favor of this one. I, I think I vote to stay with the current Milwaukee flag. I, I think they should keep it the way it is because right, this is right. the one that gets to be the example hideous, ugly one.
0: But well, you know what? I don't think we should even talk about those other candidates then. those They're basically a bunch of flaggy flag rebel scum imposters with no official backing trying to bully out the chosen proper flag and they aren't even worthy of our time. This episode of Hello Internet has been brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website or online store. With their easy to use tools and templates, Squarespace is the easiest, cleanest, simplest way I've seen to create a website from scratch. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code HELLO for 10% off your first purchase. I use Squarespace every day and I'm a really happy customer. I've used it for blogging, making photo galleries, I've even made a little store from time to time to sell merchandise. And if a techno numpty like me can handle it, Anyone can. In fact, the only thing I've not used it for so far is creating a Kermit Roosevelt memorial website, but I'm not sure how much longer that's going to remain the case. Gray made a really compelling case last episode with his Squarespace ad read. Anyway, if you have anything you want to put out there, maybe just a a CV site to let the world know who you are and what you could do, it could be a clever way of finding work. Or maybe you just want to show something off, you've got a collection of rare coins you want the world to see and you've been photographing them and no one ever sees them, Squarespace is the best place to go to make that happen, to make a site that's going to look really good, something you'll be proud of. You just go along, you can choose from their huge range of templates, tweak it, give it your own look and style, and then easy as you like, you fill it with content. It could be your pictures, your words, maybe you even want to upload your own podcast. I could talk about it all day long, but the best thing to do is just go there, check them out, squarespace.com. Have a play, see how it works. If you do go ahead and create a website, you can use the offer code HELLO at checkout. As I said before, 10% off your first purchase if you do that. And the people at Squarespace will know you came from Hello Internet. As always, a huge thanks to them for supporting our show. In the last episode, this actually caused a lot more discussion than I expected. I thought this would be one of the things that happens in the podcast and no one comments on. You never know what the internet yeah, is going
1: to latch on You never know.
0: This ended up being something that caused a lot of interest of people. And this was the fact that Gray had not heard of... Scott of the Antarctic, Captain Scott, Robert Falcon Scott, who I thought was sort of a famous figure from history. He was famously this guy that tried to get to the South Pole. He'd lost the race to the Norwegians, led by Amundsen. He got there just after them. Mm -hmm. And then his tragic mission was beset by problems, resulted in all these people dying, including Scott himself. You don't need Uh, to retell the story, Brady. Everybody knows who he is. (laughs) Everybody Everybody knows. Interestingly, though, and this is the thing that I think is most famous about this story of Robert Scott, and I didn't know this properly either, but there's this famous story that they're, they're all freezing to death and starving in this hut on the way back from the South Pole. One of the people in the team, and I actually thought it was Scott who did this, and I was wrong about this. It, was, it wasn't. It was another guy called Oates. He thought he was a real anchor. He was holding them back. He was a liability. So he famously, on, with a howling wind outside, he said to his teammates in the hut, I'm going outside. I may be sometime. And then he walked out to his death supposedly deliberately. And that has become this iconic story of self-sacrifice, English sort of stoic attitude. Mm. It's a famous tale from history, and that's also associated with Scott. So a lot of people who don't even know who Scott is, or Oates is, who said that, or this mission, a lot of people often know the saying, I'm just going outside, I may be sometime, because it's become this kind of famous saying when you're li- when you're leaving do you say that when you leave the
1: house every morning you turn turn to the dogs <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> i
0: i have i have heard people say i'm going to the toilet i may be some time but <laughs> but anyway people were outraged that gray had not heard of robert scott i said i thought maybe he probably should have i thought everyone would agree with gray and say you know, Scott's not very famous. It turns out on the Reddit, loads and loads of people on the Reddit were saying, of course you should have heard of Scott. He's really famous. Mm -hmm. And not that many people, some did, but not that many people said, well, I've never heard of Scott either.
1: Yeah, the overwhelming tide of comments was on your side on this one.
0: Yeah, I obviously don't read too much into that because someone's much more likely to go onto Reddit and show off about what they know than admit their own ignorance. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think there's a little bit of self-selection bias there, but I still think the general sentiment was on your side with this one.
0: Although, to be honest, I mentioned something about it on Twitter later at night when all the Europeans and English people had gone to bed Mm -hmm. and all the Americans were awake. (laughs) And then I felt a lot more sympathy with your position. So obviously, it's obvious what's happening here. Mm -hmm. It was Europeans who raced to the South Pole and had had their famous stories, and America was left out of it. So it's taught a lot more in British schools, and it's just a lot more part of the, the European and especially British cultural heritage. And an American like Grey, obviously, never really heard much about it. It's pretty obvious what's happened here, isn't it? Well, there
1: is one clarification that I just want to make here, because mm-hmm. I was trying to make this point in the Reddit, but it didn't come across clearly. There's a bit of confusion here. And one of the things is is this notion of having never heard of the thing versus hmm. being able to remember the thing yes and so when you talk about this expedition i'm very very sure that i have never heard that line uh, i'm going out and i you know maybe a while i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. i've never heard that but i have heard the story of robert scott and this failed expedition like when you okay. describe it I know that I have heard this at some point. So there's a, there's a different thing here where people like, I can't believe that this that like Grey never came across this thing. And so the answer is, mm. I don't know if this makes it way worse, right? But it's like, oh, I've definitely come across this at some point. It's just that I don't remember it. Like, I would never be able to recall that in the context of, tell me everything yeah. you know about Antarctica. Like, yeah. that would never come up. But you can recognize a thing that you have heard.
0: Well, anyway, with this in mind... And, and Grey and I are also aware it's been a bit of a theme over the course of our podcast that it's sometimes uh, amusing to listeners and baffling to me how few things Grey has heard of that I think are famous or important or newsworthy that he's completely ignorant of. So with that in mind... Partly for our own amusement, and partly because we know it riles the (laughs) listeners up so much, we're going to put Gray's ignorance to the test.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, and it it is genuinely amusing to both of us for different reasons. Because I'm always uh, surprised, and this happens just when we're talking to each other, when we're even not doing the podcast. Like I am always surprised at the things that you expect that I will be aware of or have heard of. (laughs) Like why why would you expect that I would know this? Like I can't imagine why. So I, I find it entertaining as well. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so that's yeah, that's why we're going ahead with what we're going ahead with. All right. So over the last hour or so, well, the hour before the hour that just happened, <laughs> I have put together a quiz. I have put together 10 sort of questions uh, <laughs> oh, or, and, su- and sub-questions uh-huh. of, ver- of various areas of somewhere between general knowledge and trivia. And I think there is a difference between general knowledge and trivia. I've put together these 10 questions And there are sort of points to be allocated and I'm going to run through it with Gray and we're going to see how well he does. Now I want to make a few things clear before we do this. The first thing is Gray and I really hope that you guys will do it too. Anyone who's listening, we encourage you to take part as well and we'll make sure we go through it at a pace and we'll explain it at a way that you can sort of keep score and do it as well. So you might want to pause because sometimes You'll need some thinking time. So, have your thumb ready at the pause button if you decide to do this quiz yourself. Another thing I want to make clear is this is kind of like it's a, a bit of fun, and I've deliberately put in some questions that I know Gray will have no chance with. Hey, that's not put, fair. But I'm wondering if maybe you'll surprise me. And I've put in some that I think he'll get. You see, those are the ones that worry me. And also, I've, it goes without saying, that this is a very Brady quiz. And it, is very, and it is very biased towards areas that are of interest to me. And I think that will cause no end of amusement to Grey. And I just want you to know I'm aware of it. This is not some impartial quiz from TV. This is <laughs> this quiz is imbued with me. So things that either I am knowledgeable about or things that I just find interesting. So I'll, I'll put that on the table from the start. Now, Grey, there are te- right. there are 10 questions... Uh-huh. Each question has four points allocated in uh-huh. different ways. All right, oh,
1: God. so there's forty points. To there's be forty won?
0: points up for grabs. And I will also say, and I've done this already, I have already written down the score that I think Gray will get out of forty. And I will be honest about whether or not okay. I get it right or wrong. I've okay. written down what I think an average Tim should get. Maybe what I think is uh-huh. like a par score for someone who's you know knows probably about as much as I think they should know. And I also have written down the score that I think I would have got if I was doing the quiz, which obviously will be a bit higher because I made the quiz and it's a Brady quiz, but it's not perfect. There are questions I I would not have gotten. Okay,
1: yeah, don't say the scores first. I will not, I will not. Because otherwise then I'll be mentally calculating how well I'm doing here. The only other point that I will just say quickly for anybody who wants to go along with us on this is that if you are playing along, I highly recommend that you say the answer out loud, because this is a thing that I notice as a behavior in myself, and I've also noticed in many of my students, that when you are doing a quiz in your head, or if you are studying flashcards in your head, like if you're a student in school now, it is really easy to trick yourself into thinking that you got the right answer, when really in your head, you were sort of deciding between
0: two things, and then you hear the correct thing and you go, oh yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Or or you say, oh, I would have gotten that if I'd given myself a few seconds more, but I just wanted to keep listening. So if you don't say it out loud, in my opinion, you haven't gotten it.
1: You, You have to do that. And that is also just a tip for any students studying with flashcards. Say it out loud. If you're not saying it out loud, you're not really doing it. You're just playing a game with yourself.
0: Do you want to know the categories? Because quite often on quiz shows, like they show you all these categories first and then people start choosing categories and asking questions. And I always find that quite exciting. Or do you want to have no idea what's coming? The categories are world leaders, Uh-oh. sport, Ugh. world war II. Oh God. <laughs> a famous US landmark. Oh God, Jesus. Music
2: oh man <laughs>
1: you gotta be kidding me brady <laughs> world um, war ii is a whole category i can't
0: believe that It's one question mountains okay famous wives
1: famous wives okay
0: space okay websites websites oh, no. yeah and the final section that you can't have until the end uh, is the bonus picture round so you can't have bonus picture until the end but you can choose your order do you want to take some pain early or do you want to go with one you think you've got a chance with oh god Um, (laughs) I mean let's just get sport out of the way there is just why why even (laughs) okay let's do sport let's do sport (laughs) Okay. here we go the first sport question and this is for one point out of the four for one point name one current major league baseballer Oh. One, one person who's currently playing Major League Baseball across all the teams that play Major League Baseball.
1: I got really excited because I thought you were going to ask me to name one team. I was like, oh, I'm going to totally nail that.
0: <laughs> Sorry, uh, I wasn't going to make it that easy. i like, the New York Yankees. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you ever been to an MLB game, like a live Major League Baseball game? I have been to a baseball game in Yankee Stadium.
1: Once when I I was a kid, my father took me to the game because he felt that this was part of his parental responsibility as a a New York (laughs) father raising a New York son. And so we went to the game and my memory of it was we lasted something like four or five innings before we both agreed, let's just go home. This is so boring. There's nothing enjoyable here. Neither of us are having a good time, but yeah. we have accomplished this required activity as <laughs> citizens of the Empire State, and now we can leave.
0: <laughs> I, res- I respect that. So your dad's not a baseball man, obviously, either. He was just doing it because he thought that's what dads are supposed to do. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. He was like, well, I got to take yeah. my son to a baseball game once. You know, we went there yeah. and <laughs> ate a hot dog and had some soda and, and then went, went
0: home. <laughs> All, right. All right. Can you name one person who plays baseball at the moment? I cannot I honestly cannot. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. I didn't think you would to be honest. <laughs> I definitely don't think you'll be able to do this one either then. Okay. But this is the next the next question is it- this doesn't have to be a current person, but can you name one person in-, in history who has played test cricket?
1: Oh, god damn it, Brady. Again, I thought you were going to say baseball and I could say Babe Ruth, but <laughs>
0: that's why I made a current baseballer because I knew you'd have Babe Ruth if I made (laughs) that so and I didn't want to make it that easy you don't even want to give me one I was going to say can you name any baseballer ever other than oh wait a second or Lou Gehrig wait a second wait a second second.
1: Uh, Jeff Dujan
0: you sneaky bastard (laughs) That is cheating and yeah I have that to That is not
1: cheating. That is that is not cheating at all, my
0: friend. You, I can name one sneaky. test cricketer. <laughs> You've used social engineering to get that answer. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, Jeff Dujon is is my username on Reddit. And and gray knows that I my username is based on my all-time favorite cricketer.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Victory. I can't believe it. Well done. No, well done. Well done. You can name a cricketer. There we go. Boom. Headshot. But who who did Jeff Dujon play cricket for, do you know? Um,
1: it was the the Australian Black Stumpers.
0: <laughs> no, he played for the West Indies, but that doesn't matter, you got your point. <laughs> All right. And now the final sport question. Okay. This is to do with the World Cup of Soccer. Right? Okay. There are five countries that have won the World Cup of Soccer more than one time. They've won it multiple times. I will give you half a point for each one you can name up to four. Okay. So, for, for two points, you have to name four countries that have won the World Cup of Soccer multiple times. And, and a wrong guess obviously strikes out one of your options. So, of you've course. just got to list four.
1: Yeah. I've got four shots here. Okay. I'm going to say it has to be Brazil.
0: Brazil, okay. uh, what's, your next, what's
1: your next one? Because all I know is there was a great soccer player named Pele who played for Brazil. Okay. Like the very fact that I know that, it must be Brazil. Brazil's
0: one. What's your next one?
1: I'm going to guess Australia.
0: Okay. it
1: have got Brazil, Australia. What's your next one? I'm going to guess England, and I'm going to guess Germany. Those are going to be
0: my four. Okay. So, Brazil is correct. Mm-hmm. Brazil have actually won it the most times. I think they've won it five times. Australia is very incorrect. Okay. Australia have never even got near the final. They've only qualified. I was, ba- I was the... banking on their yeah. their
1: success yeah. per capita at the Olympics for that one. <laughs> no,
0: I'm I'm sorry. England, I'm afraid, is incorrect. They have won the World Cup, but they're one of the three teams that have won it only once. Mm-hmm. So so England is incorrect. And Germany is very correct. I think Germany, maybe, if you include West Germany, maybe have won it four times. Okay. And they're the current holders of the World Cup as well.
1: The Germany one, so, my my guess was Germany because, simply because I know it seems like England players really hate Germany. So I figured Germany must be victorious more than England. That was my wager on that one. Why, why must it be Germany? That's my guess.
0: <laughs> well, Gray, from a possible four points in the sports section, you have taken... Two. I think I did great there. I'm pretty pleased so far. Well, nice work. There you go. They're boding well for you. Yeah. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling super confident. So let's dive into music. All right. Here we go. To start with here, the first three things is I'm going to, I'm going to say to you a lyric from a song and you need to tell me either the, the person or the group of people who made this song lyric famous. Okay. Here's the first one. Can you sing it to me? I won't sing it. I should point out, I didn't point this out at the start, I'm never going to try to trick you here. There aren't going to be trick questions like, you know, pound of feathers and a pound of gold and stuff. It's, my no. idea is not, to, is not to trick you. No, yeah, no, no, that's fine. It, so I will tr- attempt to read it in a way that doesn't obscure it in right, case you right. do recognise it. Here's the first one. When I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. Do you know that line?
2: Oh,
1: I'm not going to get it. It sounds familiar, but I'm not going to get it.
0: Yeah. Do you want to let that one go?
1: I'm going to let that one go.
0: Okay. That
1: was the song Help by the Beatles. Ah, oh, damn it. I had like John Lennon in my head, but I was, I was yeah. not going to
0: get the Beatles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. Okay. Don't forget me, I beg. I'll remember you said. Sometimes it lasts in love, but sometimes it hurts instead. I have no idea. No idea. No idea? No. All right. That's from a song called Someone Like You by Adele. And Adele is a very popular musician at the moment.
1: Okay. I I gotta say that is is unknown to me.
0: That's okay. That's okay. Fair enough. 700 million hits on YouTube that song's had. Do you mean that literally 700 million? Yes. Yes. No, that can't possibly be. I'm afraid so. Don't, don't, by the way, you're not to touch your okay, keyboard. Okay, all right, No,
1: I, I, I just like the 700 million just sounds way, it sounds like a crazy number, even for music.
0: That's like uh sigh. <laughs> no touching your keyboard at all. Obviously you, you could be Googling all of this, but I'm assuming you're not. Yeah, I think you, you uh, would You <laughs> would hear it on my steam powered yeah,
1: keyboard if I was Googling. And besides, what's the fun in that? I am not the least bit afraid of looking like a total ignoramus on the internet. So I have nothing to lose here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you
0: know who Adele is or sheet Does that name not mean much to you? That means nothing to me. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's another song lyric for you. Got a long list of ex-lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane. I've got a blank space, baby, and I'll write your name. It's
1: just really weird hearing you say that. Um, I'm just
0: distracted by the you-ness of
1: that of Sorry, that man. Reading. Are you, are you you're feeling a bit confronted there? Yeah, I am
0: feeling a bit confronted. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. That is a song called Blank Space by Taylor Swift. And if you thought 700 million hits was impressive, you'll be pleased to know that one has had 1.6 billion hits. Well, at least I know who Taylor Swift is. Yeah, I can. Even, I can. Is it off of her album 1989? I think it, yeah, it is on that album. Yeah, no, so, uh, at least at least I know who she is. I will tell you what, that's had 1.6 billion hits, and I am not afraid to admit quite a portion of them have been from me. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like that song. Yeah, Taylor Swift is good. Now there's a quiz show called University Challenge in the UK, mm-hmm. and whenever they have their music section, they play pieces of music, and. I always get really excited and my wife gets really excited because we think maybe they're going to do something contemporary that we have a chance of knowing. Mm-hmm. And 99 times out of 100, they end up playing pieces of classical music. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so I thought it was only right that we have some, a classical music question, but I'm not going to be as mean as playing you a piece of classical music. I'm just going to ask you, the German composer Beethoven... Mm -hmm. What is his first name? This is the fame. I'm sure there are a million Beethoven's people will be pedantic. Uh, You know the Beethoven, I mean. What's his first name? Uh. (sighs) (sighs) That one's there, is it somewhere? I have all of these ridiculous
1: things popping into my head. (laughs) My brain was like, Gunter, run with Gunter. (laughs) Gunter. (laughs) No, it's not Gunter. Gunter Beethoven. Yeah, he's great. (laughs) I love his stuff. I know that I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to go with, is it? Is it Ludwig?
0: It is Ludwig. Ludwig oh. van Beethoven. Faw. Well done. Well done. Oh, the man. Point. I feel f- t- tremendous relief from that. Okay. All right. <laughs> well done. All well right. done. So by not going with Gunther <laughs> Beethoven and going, <laughs> and going with our friend Ludwig van Beethoven instead, you have secured a point from the music section, which is better than nothing. Yeah, it is better than nothing. Yeah, It wasn't my
1: incredible victory in the sports section, but I'll take it. <laughs> i'll take it (laughs) all right what would you like next i don't know you pick next brady what do you think we should do next hey you are you sitting in front of a computer do you know of a computer is there backblaze installed on that computer no well then you need to go to backblaze.com slash hello internet right now literally right now not tomorrow not a week from now not when you're done listening to the podcast you need to pause the podcast go to that computer Go to backblaze.com slash hello internet and sign up right now because Backblaze is going to protect all of the data on your computer smoothly and automatically forever. I don't know about you, but I keep more memories on my computer than I keep in my head. And so I want to make sure that those memories are protected. That if my apartment randomly burns down or there's a surprise flood or tornado or sharknado or any of these kinds of disasters that could potentially destroy my building and all of my computing equipment that everything I had on that computer is safely protected by Backblaze. When disaster strikes, and of course it is only a matter of time, Backblaze can let you re-download all of your data from their servers. Or if you're in a rush, you can get your data shipped back to you on an actual physical hard drive. A truck on a highway, it has surprisingly high bandwidth. Now, Backblaze, they are the experts. They store over 200 petabytes of other people's data. They've restored over 10 billion files. There's no gimmicks, there's no add-ons. It's just very simple. For $5 a month, you get unlimited, unthrottled, off-site backup. It works on your Mac. It works on your PC. You have no excuse not to install this on your computer and to install it on all of your friends' and family's computers. And when you do that, please make sure to go to backblaze.com slash hellointernet so that they know that you came from here. That's backblaze.com slash hellointernet. And get your free, no credit card required trial started today. As always,
0: thanks to Backblaze.com for supporting the show. Let's go for something nice and simple. Uh-huh. Let, let's go for world leaders. Okay. So I just, I just want you to name the, the leaders of these countries. The, the governmental leaders, not like, you know, heads of state or things like that. You know what I mean. There's no tricks here. Just the, the most powerful politician in each, in each of these countries.
1: Right. So if you say Canada, you're not expecting me to say, oh, it's the Queen, right? That's You're not playing tricks yes, like that. Yes, exactly. Right.
0: So, because the Queen is the answer for so many places. <laughs> exactly. So let's start with your home country, the United States. Who is it? Uh, the president is Barack Obama. Correct. The United Kingdom. It's uh, David Cameron. Correct. Germany. Uh, Angela Merkel. Correct. And finally, Australia. And because of the way politics works in Australia, I should say we're recording this on the 20th of May, 2016. <laughs> you know, it's, this is one of
1: those funny moments because I can see the face of the wrong answer. <laughs> right? Well, that- <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I, I cannot remember her name, but I remember the female Prime Minister two Prime Ministers ago, or maybe one Prime Minister ago. I can see what she looks yeah. like in my mind. I cannot think for the life of me, though, who the current Prime Minister is. I have no idea.
0: He hasn't been in office very long, so it's highly forgivable. And an election has just been called in Australia, so who knows how much longer he'll be there for. But his name is Malcolm Turnbull. That was a very hard yeah, question. I, I'm I'm pretty sure I have never heard that name. Okay. Three points from the world leaders, Gray. Well done. I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with that. Little known fact that the Prime Minister of Australia has his office in the Black Stump. Oh, really? That is very little known <laughs> fact. What would you like? What section would you like next? All right, let's get this over with and let's do mountains. Okay, Gray. There are 14 mountains in the world that are over 8,000 meters tall. They're called the 18,000ers. It's actually a bit of a... A hobby among serious mountaineers to try and climb the mole Like being the first man to climb them all became very famous. You're the ultimate mountaineer if you've done all the all fourteen eight ers without oxygen. Without supplemental oxygen. Obviously you need to breathe oxygen or you'd die. But but doing it without air tanks. So there are fourteen of these mountains that are over eight thousand meters high. I will give you one point for each one you can name, up to four. So if you can name any four of them, you will secure four points but you will get one point for each one you can name.
1: Okay. So do I have a limited number of guesses here or it's just if I can...
0: You have four guesses. You can't just start naming every mountain that comes into your head. And this is 8,000 meters above mean sea level. There's no tricks here.
1: Yeah, I can. I'm not going to name the the big island of Hawaii or whatever. Um, (laughs) Okay. Uh, So obviously Everest. So you're going to go with Everest? Yeah. Mountains, mountains. Kilimanjaro?
0: Kilimanjaro, okay.
1: I feel like, I don't, I don't know if this is even right. I feel like there was a mountain
0: called K2. K2, okay. One more. Mount Fuji? That's going to be my final one. Mount Fuji, okay. So, let's run through them. Mount Everest mm-hmm. ov- obviously is the uh, highest mountain on Earth, so okay. you get a point for that. Kilimanjaro is is the highest point in Africa, but it's quite some way below 8,000 meters. I don't know how tall it is, but I think it's less than 6,000. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how tall it is, but it's not much higher than Everest Base Camp from memory. K2 is the second highest mountain in the world, and you are correct. So that is a point for you, K2. Can I ask you something? Is the name literally
1: the letter K and the number two, or is it is it a word like K-A-Y-T-O-O?
0: Would you like me to tell you why it's called K2? Is there a K1? <laughs> There was a K1. Basically, K2 is a mountain in the Karakoram range. It's in Pakistan. Okay. And before these mountains had names and they were just surveying them, mm-hmm. they just allocated numbers to the peaks. So Karakoram 1, Karakoram 2. So it was K1, K2, okay. K3, K4. And then when they got closer, they started finding out the names of these mountains. They would give them their proper names, like mm-hmm. local names and or names they came up with. And there was no local name for K2 because it was hard to say. Mm-hmm. And it just kept its designation of K2. It, it just kept that label. It was given temporarily when it was being mapped and the name has stuck. So it is literally the letter K and the number two. Huh. So
2: huh. K2.
0: Interesting. And Mount Fuji in Japan. I don't know how high that is, but it's definitely not <laughs> okay. 8,000 meters. I was, uh, I
1: was just reaching for mountains <laughs> in case it was not clear. Yeah. i like,
0: yeah. what are
1: mountains that I
0: know? I have no idea. Uh, I've seen pictures of it
1: looking magnificent. Maybe it's really tall.
0: (laughs) I think two is all anyone who is not interested in mountains could reasonably be expected to get. Yeah, but what else do you think people would get after Everest? K2. Okay. Uh, After that, they're very, very hard to name. Give me me Uh, me some
1: names. Give me some names. I just want to see if I even recognize them.
0: The one you might recognize is uh, Annapurna.
1: I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. Uh,
0: There's one called Broad Peak. Uh, You may know... One called Lhotse, because Lhotse is actually attached to Mount Everest. They're right next to each other. They, they touch. I was uh, I
1: was trying to think, because I knew that Everest had some other peak that was on it that was also really tall. But I just, you know, there's no way I was going to pull a name out. But I knew that that was a thing that yeah. existed.
0: I definitely couldn't name all of them, but I can name a few of them. Let me call up, the see if I can find the list and uh,
1: tell you. So I guess what I'm trying to think of is... I must know Kilimanjaro because you said that's the tallest one in Africa, right?
0: Yeah, it's a really iconic mountain. It's also, it's reasonably easy to climb. So a lot of people climb it for charity and stuff like that. So, you know, your friend, your fellow teacher at your school could conceivably go and walk up it with a charity group and raise money for cancer research and stuff. So you would know lots of people who climb it. So. Okay, so that that's why I know the name of that. Okay. Yeah. So Everest K2. Kanga which is very hard to say. It's also very near Mount Everest is the third highest mountain that was considered the highest mountain until they accurately measured Everest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then Lotsi's at number four, Makalu, Choyu. And then you start getting to some that are hard to pronounce. Hmm. Annapurna, Gashabrum, Broad Peak, Gashabrum two. Uh, so anyway, there hmm. you go. Two points, Gray. Not bad. Well done. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Can I ask you something? Cause you just mentioned,
1: you just mentioned, um, being really easy to climb kilimanjaro relatively speaking yeah have you heard of a guy called wim hof i don't think so who is that okay you have to you have to look into this guy because i don't know if this is a real thing i've i've just heard this but apparently he's a guy who climbed mount everest in just his shorts without any yeah. of the actual equipment that is required to climb Mount Everest, which to me only further diminishes the accomplishment of climbing Mount Everest. It's like, wait a minute, can some dude climb it in his shorts? I feel like I have, you know, this might be a thing that I'm just totally wrong about. I haven't fully investigated it, but it's one of those things where I've suddenly heard this name from a bunch of different places associated with a guy who has set a world record for climbing Everest without any climbing gear.
0: I'm looking at his wiki page and it says that he got part way up Everest and then had to turn back because of a foot injury it seems like this guy's gimmick is his ability to withstand cold but it looks like he didn't get to the summit of Everest he got to 22,000 feet
1: 22,000
0: feet though with with shorts that sounds that still
1: sounds pretty good yeah
0: <laughs> it sounds like he is hard as nails and stupid as a box of hammers <laughs> there we go uh all right okay so what did I get I got one point you got two two, point, two. two, points? two, two points two points
2: two oh, points okay great yeah
0: what would, what would you like next? Let's do space.
1: Okay. This is the one that I'm I'm genuinely the most anxious about because I feel like this is the category that you probably think is a give me and then I'm probably going to get nothing in.
0: <laughs> well, this one's a bit different too. It's it's a bit different to some of the others. The task you have to do here mm-hmm. is I want you to to list the 10 largest bodies in the solar system. 10 largest bodies in the solar system. In descending order, starting with the biggest, going down to the 10th biggest, you will get two points if your list is indeed in descending order. And you will get two points if your list is correct for a maximum of four. So I want 10 bodies from biggest to smallest. And if they are indeed in descending order, two points. And if they are the actual biggest to the actual 10th biggest, another two points. Does that make sense? Okay, so it's... it's
1: 10 in or... Okay, I got it. Right. So if the, if the whole list is right, I'm getting two extra points. Yeah. Okay. Well, so this starts easy, right? It, all right. Where does it start? It starts with the sun. Okay. And then we're going to go to Jupiter and Saturn. mm mm-hmm. right, In that order. But now... Okay, yep. But then this is where it gets radically more difficult very fast. Because okay. Because we've got Uranus or Uranus... Mm-hmm. And mm. Neptune next, mm. but which is
0: the bigger one? Mm. I are you seeing them in your head? What do they look like in your head? These two planets, Uranus and Neptune. They are they are gas giants. They are blue
1: balls, and they are just about the same size. Right, like mm. that. That that's how it is in my head. This is ultimately going to have to be a guess. I, I, okay. I don't yep. think I know which way, which one is bigger than the other. I'm going to go with Neptune is larger than Uranus. That, that's, what okay. I'm, that's what I'm going to go with. Okay, so that's five. So then it's going to be, I think it's Earth, then Venus, then Mars, then Mercury. All right. I think that's the order I'm going okay. with. You need one more just one object more is that, that one, that's
0: all? one 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 object more
1: the, the reason i'm i'm stalling here is because like i just want to say pluto but there's some disagreement about what do you mean by larger when it comes to objects in the kuiper belts
2: like mm. there
1: there is another object which i i believe is more massive than pluto in the kuiper belts and is is larger across a single axis of measurement if I'm remembering my own Pluto video correctly, like it's larger, but there's a, there's an argument that can be made about maybe Pluto's larger because it's a larger uh, spherical object.
0: Um, I'm just going to go with Pluto. So we've got Sun, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, Earth, Venus, Mars, Mercury, Pluto.
1: Yeah. And, and the pair, the pairs that I'm uncertain about are the two smaller
0: gas giants. And then the, the Venus Earth pair is my yep. uncertainty one. Okay. I, I'm sad to report you are not getting any points today. <laughs> okay. You, you did get Neptune and Uranus the wrong way around. Okay. Uranus is bigger. Mm. But I, I probably still would have given you a point for that because, you know, that's forgivable. But, but then there was, a because of other mistakes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dock you. I'm not going to give you points. No, do you know what? Hang what? on. No, I, I, I take that back. I'm going to give you one point. Okay. I'm going to give you one point. What, right? am, what am I getting one point for here? You're getting 1 point because like from high for high school a high school student back in the day before all the new discoveries and that you did get the planets in the right order except for Neptune and Uranus. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal there are actually objects bigger than Mercury and Pluto that you left out and they are both moons. Uh, yeah. yeah so i think that was a bit tricky but I, I did make it clear it was bodies i wasn't trying no 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 tricky. that's i i, yeah. I
1: th- yeah. that is uh, that totally falls into the category of yeah. borderline tricky but not actually yeah. tricky that yeah. like that is um i, so, I will give so, that to you as as valid was it like io and europa are those the two
0: biggest moons I can't no what, no what are the, biggest the, moons? The, the ganymede, ganymede the, yeah, the, of the, course. the moon of jupiter and titan the moon of saturn are both on the list. So okay. so it sh- so it should have been the sun, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Earth, Venus, Mars, Ganymede, Titan. No that's good. I,
1: that's a totally fair totally fair question. I just in case in case anybody's disagreeing. I, that is not a trick
0: question. I think that's a good that's a good one. So I've given you I've been I've given you a generous one point there. That goes against my rules, but I think you do deserve one point. Coming away with zero for that level of knowledge. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure that I I'm not sure that I do deserve 1 point, but uh, you know,
1: you're the you're the marker here.
0: What would you like next? What category would you like next? All right. Uh, another one I feel like let's just get it over with is World War II. <laughs> okay. This is a little bit brady this one. <laughs> I I apologize. Okay. We're going to talk about nu- the nuclear bombs dropped on Japan. Okay. There were two of them. For 1 point each, what were the two cities that had nuclear bombs dropped on them at the end of World War II? Okay. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Correct and correct. Okay. Now, for another two points, you can give me either of these four pieces of information. Any two pieces. Okay. The nicknames of either of the two bombs that were dropped, or the planes that dropped them. Okay, so it is... um, The bombs were
1: Fat Man and Little Boy, and... I can only remember one of the planes. It was the Enola Gay. That's, that's as close as
0: I'm going to get. That's correct. And the, uh, the other plane was Boxcar. Do you, know which, do you know which bomb was dropped on which city? Uh, no, I don't actually. I, I sort of presume that, that Fat Man was Hiroshima, uh, but I, I don't know if that's correct. You, you actually gave me more information than was required because you got both bombs and you also got the plane. It's interesting
1: about the plane, though, because... I think I never knew that there was a second plane.
0: Like when you see say that name it was boxcar, was that the name of the other plane? Yeah, but it's spelt B O C K S car. Usually as one word, hmm. not bo- not boxcar with an X like on a train. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a pun because the guy who first captained the plane's surname was Box mm-hmm. B O C K S. I didn't know this off the top of my head. I re- was reading about it earlier. I knew, I knew the name Boxcar, but I didn't know how it got the name. So it was just, it was just a pun on the, the, the captain of the plane's name. <laughs> Great. Puns making their way even to nuclear holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but, Gray, that's a, that's a shiny four points. Maximum four points. Wow, I feel like I did pretty well there. You did very well. Look, looking at my scores here, I think I'm doing much better than I anticipated on this Brady quiz so far. Here's a super bonus question. What was the third Japanese city that was in the mix for getting bombed but got lucky because of weather and things like that?
1: Oh, this is in the category of I will recognize it when I hear it, but I will never be able to remember it.
0: I, I, would, I wouldn't get this. It was Kok- Kokura. Yeah. They dodged a very big bullet, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice work, Gray. Nice work indeed. Okay. All right. Let's do the next one on the list Then let's do famous US landmarks. Okay, this is just one famous US landmark. Okay. Have you been to it, Gray? This, these questions are Mount Rushmore.
1: Yes, I have been to Mount Rushmore.
0: Oh, I'll ask you about it in a minute because I'm really curious. But let's get the questions out of the way first then. Okay. In what state is Mount Rushmore for one point? It's uh, South Dakota. And I want to hear... The four faces carved into it for half a point each, and then one point if you get them in the correct order. Oh, no. (laughs) Are you kidding me? In the correct order? And when I say correct order, I mean from left to right as they appear if you're looking at the mountain, sort of, you know, front on from the famous viewpoint. You can think out loud to get the names first if you want, and then rearrange the order before you lock in your order. Right. So, so it's like the, the thing is it's it starts with washington
1: right but then it's it's the two it's the two guys in the middle that's the problem washington's on the left and i think lincoln's on the right teddy roosevelt is one of them in the middle but the the fourth president is oddball one i don't is is it Okay, I'm go- I'm going to make a I'm going to make a safe guess here and the missing president is Jefferson. My brain keeps telling me for some reason that it's Monroe, that there's like an oddball one in Rushmore, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to play it safe and go with Jefferson. And what's your order? <sighs> okay, so it's Washington. The one that I'm uncertain about is next to Washington, so I think it's Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, Lincoln. I think that's what it is.
0: 4 points gray 4 oh, points for that section
1: that is the most that is the most trivia of trivia
0: <laughs> fantastic what's it like going there i've always wanted to go and see it is it is it more or less impressive than you thought it was going to be i'm glad you picked this one because i i always use this
1: monument as an example of doing an american road trip yeah because it is in some sense the most road trippy of road trip things that i have experienced because if you do an american road trip as i always say there's only one correct direction which is you start on the east coast and you go to the west coast that is the only acceptable way to drive coast to coast Uh, it is the much more enjoyable way you will you will love it that way why okay so the, the reason that direction works is because if if you start you start in new york or boston or something you are starting in a very densely populated area and as you drive west the population slowly thins out but it takes a while to actually thin out if you're starting in new york and you get to kentucky even indiana it's still relatively suburby. like it starts to feel a little rural but there's a very slow population gradient down okay so, in the first place, it's almost getting used to doing long driving trips while there's still civilization at every single moment. But mm-hmm. after you get past Kentucky, it suddenly turns into the heartland where there's just big, big stretches of nothing. That, to me, is the most difficult and the most enjoyable part of the trip. But the key thing about going east to west is that while, when you are going over this huge stretch of, of nothing... When you're getting to the West Coast, the population gradient spikes up all of a sudden. And so the subjective experience is always like, you have crossed this unimaginably vast plane of nothingness. Sorry, everybody who lives in the middle of America, right? (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you have landed back in civilization. Like, it, it feels like, boom, oh, I'm in San Francisco all of a sudden. Or, oh, I've suddenly made it to Las Vegas, if that's where you want your ending point to be. It's... I think that experience is the more enjoyable experience. That's a better way to do it. than the reverse way where you're suddenly out in the desert and then slowly civilization creeps back on you in this way that you don't really notice. I think it's harder to appreciate the other way, having done it both ways. Mount Rushmore, what's it like? But so this is key for understanding Mount Rushmore. When you go to Mount Rushmore to get there, if you are driving east to west, you have driven across two states worth of corn before mount rushmore and there is essentially nothing to see along this path there's a couple of interesting roadside attractions but it's just it's just barren it's just nothing mount rushmore is in the middle of so much nowhere it's it's almost hard to understand if you're coming from the east Mm. and so when you arrive in mount rushmore in many ways, there's not actually a whole lot to see. I mean, it's a huge statue in the mountain, basically. But I remember arriving there and almost feeling like this bizarre, holy experience. Like, I have traveled yeah. through the corn for many days, and now I am here at this destination. And I just I have this very strong memory of just walking around Mount Rushmore like in the silence and looking at the mountain. And this is the like, if if that mountain was just outside of New York, it would hold my attention for maybe 30 seconds, right? But yeah. after this experience of nothingness, it's like, I am really glad to be here. I really appreciate this yeah. stimulation for my brain. So if anyone's ever going to visit Mount Rushmore, don't fly in and see it. I think you have to drive to it across a big expanse. Otherwise, you won't appreciate it.
0: You know, Gray, I give people the exact same advice about Ayers Rock or Uluru in Australia. If you just fly in and see it, it's like, oh, it's pretty amazing. But if you drive for two days from Adelaide, say, Mm -hmm. of just pure, unadulterated flatness, and then you see this incredible rock that just rises out of nowhere, it's like, it's so much more amazing. It's so much more like, I don't know, I don't want to use a word like spiritual. It seems so much more sacred or special or or uh it seems so much more amazing that it exists there when you've seen all that comes before it so it sounds like a sounds like quite a similar tale yeah does it does it seem big gray or does it seem oh that's smaller than i thought because when you see it in like tv shows quite often and movies it, they seem like these huge faces that you just can't get your head around how could they could make something so big but occasionally you see photos of it on the internet and from different angles from the air and you go oh actually It looks a bit pissy when you see it from that angle. It looks a bit small. Here's what I'll say. It's not stunningly large, Hmm. but it is extremely
1: well framed. (laughs) So the the way they have it set up for the viewing platform and the whole uh, park that is around it, it is very well framed from every angle. So I think a photograph of it, when you look at it and you go, oh, it looks kind of small... It's 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 you're not experiencing what it feels like to stand there and to look at it. To stand there and to look at it is a different experience, uh, because it it looks nice the way they have it set up.
0: The yeah, Taj Mahal's like that too. The Taj Mahal they they spring on you in a nice way.
1: Probably the 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 most surprising thing that you don't see in most of the photos is that all of the the rubble that they cleared to make the faces is still just in front of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I I have seen that. I'm a little bit surprised by it, but. Yeah. Again, it works when you're there, but I, I I didn't know that until I arrived and I thought, huh, it's the job. it's like oh, you guys didn't clean up after you made your faces in the mountain. <laughs> yeah. All right, got a few more sections to go. What would you like next? Let's do websites because I'm also a little bit nervous about what websites could possibly be and I think this is another gimme space that I might get wrong so let's let's I'd, do websites and then wives.
0: No, I, I don't think they're gimmies, but they're, def- they're certainly in your wheelhouse so okay. so YouTube. You heard of that site? I have. You may not. I've heard it of it. Was, it was founded by three former employees of PayPal. Can you name one of them? Any, any of the three? No. Okay. I, I can name zero of the three. Can you tell me the year that the first video was uploaded to YouTube? Oh, that's a good one.
2: <sighs>
1: I am going to guess. I think the 10 year anniversary was last year. So I'm going to say it was 2006 was the first year. You're going with 2006. I'm going with 2006. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong by a year or two. No more. That's my guess. Yeah, you
0: are wrong by a year. It was 2005. Ah, but la- okay. But last year was 2015. So if it, the anniversary was last year, why didn't you say 2005. Oh, because I just did some
1: math wrong in my head. That's why. Oh. I'm already living in 2017. I'm living in the uh. future.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't get that point. You had all the information. You had it on a plate and you stumbled at the last hurdle there. I'm, I'm very sorry. You kind of got that, but I can't give you the point. No, no, but, no. I don't get a point yeah. for that. If you do, all It right. doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Can you name either of Reddit's founders? Um,
1: I am just blanking on his first name for a second. It is... Alexis Ohanian.
0: That is a point, my friend. There we go. I think the other guy's first name was Steve. I'm it not was 100% indeed sure though. It, it was indeed. It was Steve Huffman. Well Steve done. Steve
1: Huffman. Ah, of course, of course. I,
0: I would not expect a person in the street to know that, but I thought you were a good chance. <laughs> That's a real
1: one in a thousand people will know that one. <laughs> yeah, that was
0: that that, that that was a little one for you. And and lastly, what university did Mark Zuckerberg famously attend?
1: All right, I'm, I'm just going with the statistical guess here because the it's the feeder for
0: all of the startups. I'm going to guess Stanford. That is an educated guess, but it's incorrect. Oh. That 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 was probably a smart guess if you didn't know. Ah, I, I didn't it, know. It, it was Harvard. Yeah, I have no idea on that one. That was just a total guess. Anyway, one point, but they were hard questions. All right, and now the
1: one... That is also going to be interesting to see what Brady has in this one. It is Famous Wives, our, our penultimate category, if I've been tracking my points right.
0: No, we've, we've, got, we've still got movies. We've got movies, Famous Wives, and then we've got the bonus picture round.
1: Oh, I missed out on movies. Okay, so we're at the trinultimate category? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't Let's know. do famous,
0: famous Wives, and then we'll do movies. So I'll name someone, you tell me, the wife. Okay. Barack Obama. Michelle Obama, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh.
1: This is this is one of those ones where I'm like, wait a minute, is there some kind of trick here? Because, like, am I just misremembering this? But I just want to say the Queen. Correct. Sometimes with these titles, I'm like, am I just messing up who the Duke of Edinburgh is? And he's he's tricking me. But okay, no. <laughs> okay. It it could be. Okay. Brad Pitt. Um. Is he still married to Angelina Jolie? I don't know. Are they still Brad Brangelina or did they get divorced? I thought they got divorced. Uh, I'm going to guess Angelina Jolie because I just don't know anybody else. Correct. Oh, hey, I'm glad they're still married, I guess. (laughs) And lastly, David Beckham. Uh, Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham.
0: Gray, four out of four. Four out of four for famous wives. Well done. So, Gray, now we have movies. Okay, movies. Now, for movies, your challenge...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe, maybe we need to put a time limit on this one. Uh, not, I don't want to create pressure, but if you take long enough, you will get this, and I don't want it to go forever. Let's go for two minutes, and if that turns out to not be fair, I'll, I'll change my mind. <laughs> if I feel you're going at a fair clip, I'll, uh, I'll let you go. So, your challenge is, I want you to name, for half a point each... Eight movies that were directed by Steven Spielberg. So go ahead.
1: Was uh okay.
0: Close Encounters of the Third Kind. All right. I'm uh, writing these down. Yeah. E.T. hmm Uh he co-directed the Oh, and there can't be multiple no multiple movies from like one franchise as well, by the way. He co-directed the last Indiana Jones movie, which was the
1: Crystal Skull one, I believe. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> he directed he picked up AI after Kubrick abandoned it. Yeah, he did the he did the other Indiana Jones movies, but then that's that's a series yeah, right off so the that's table. Right. Yeah. right, of course. Yeah. Oh god, I feel like I'm doing terrible on this. You know what's popping into my head? When I, when I was a kid, I suddenly I haven't thought of this in 25 years, but I know in grade school I had to do some report on Steven Spielberg. Alright. <laughs> oh, I'm suddenly remembering that grade school me did a report on Steven Spielberg that adult me is trying to reach back into. And the only thing I could pull out of it was that I thought it was cool at the time that he had a pinball machine in his office or something like that. It's like, <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. Grade school me. You're not helping out.
0: All right. Come on. No fudging for time here, Gray. So let's, let's, let's get some more out there. I'm going to give you a small extension, but...
1: I think he directed War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise,
0: right.
1: but I feel I'm I'm just totally missing his famous movies.
0: I, I can yeah. I can feel it. Yeah, it's um, pressure, man. It's pressure. You've said you've got five did he on do this list. Jaws. Did Steven Spielberg yes. do Jaws? I don't know. Do you want that on the list? At six on the. Uh, I'll, I'll, put it on, the list? I'll put it on, the list. on the list. I'm going to throw it out there as a, as yep. a contender. Right. Um, right.
1: I'll
0: give you 20 more seconds to name two more.
1: Steven Spielberg did Back to the Future? Oh man, I'm just totally reaching as the clock is running out. Uh... <laughs> All right, I'm oh, going to Yeah, you're going to you got to call it I'm no, gonna, you're right. I'm going to call it. I'm going to oh, call man. it. Oh man.
0: You you will you will, you will kick yourself because you obviously know loads of these, but um, yeah, but, so... that, but that's what this is. Like
1: this this this, this I think is yeah. the whole thing about quizzes, right? Is what can you recall just under blank. Pressure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not e- not even just under pressure. I think the whole idea of recalling something just on the spot is it's yeah. a different kind of thing than just knowing about stuff in general. So I this is this is one yeah. I feel like I am going to regret this more than any of the questions we've done so far. Yeah, I think so too, because so, you know loads of these. Anyway,
0: you've got close encounters correct, E. T. correct, crystal skull, AI. War of the Worlds and Jaws are all correct. He didn't okay. direct Back to the Future. That was okay. Robert yeah. Zemeckis. But, yeah, uh, I think that was just he reaching. Have, I was just reaching. <laughs> I think he may he may have been involved in the production, but he he certainly didn't direct it. So you've got six. You've got six there for a total of three points. Uh, so I'm going to give you three points. Uh, let's let's name name some famous ones. Jewel, of course, was his first one. Catch Me If You Can. The Color Purple. Empire of the Sun, Hook, uh, Minority
1: Report. Oh, I should have known Hook. Okay.
0: Lincoln, Jurassic Park. uh, Oh, man. Saving Private Ryan, Schindler's List. (laughs) 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 Uh, Oh, God. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. (laughs) Under under Pressure, Under Pressure, I think 3 was still pretty good.
1: Oh, man. I cannot believe that I forgot Jurassic Park. I saw Jurassic Park... That has got to yeah. be the most times I have ever seen a movie in the theater in my whole life.
0: Oh, me too. Me too.
1: Unlike the baseball game which was incredibly unsuccessful, The Summer of the Jurassic Park release, my father and I must have gone <laughs> to the
0: movies like 20 <laughs> times to just keep watching uh, Jurassic Park. God. I don't think I've ever been as excited by a movie trailer as I was by that teaser where they just show the amber with the mosquito. Mm, mm. And then and then I also have never had a film meet my expectations from the trailer as much as Jurassic Park. God, I loved that film.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm I'm going to agree. I feel like mm. Jurassic Park in the theater at that time was the 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 apex of movie experiencing that I will ever have in my whole life. Of high expectations, expectations met, a fun movie like at the right age. Never yeah. grew tired of it. It was just like on every single mark, it was just, that was the, that summer was the absolute peak in my whole life
0: of movie theater watching experience. Without Do you was. know what? I, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Uh, I'm going to controversially say one that is just behind it, but one that I also think was a real theater experience that I went to multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, and and people aren't going to like me saying this, but Titanic as well i was so <laughs> impressed by that at the cinema like i just watching that on a big screen i was like wow this is incredible filmmaking and it just looks so amazing because they remade the ship and it was so big and so i went and saw that a lot of times as well but jurassic park is my number one i reckon i saw that five times jurassic park in the cinema
1: <laughs> titanic is one of those movies that i i wonder i feel like i, I never gave that movie a fair shake because I was yeah. I was just at the wrong age for it. And I just remember sitting yeah. in the theater on a date and feeling that this was the longest movie I had ever seen. <laughs> uh, but that was, it was just the reverse of everything. I, I, I'm willing to grant that if I saw Titanic again, or even if I had just seen it a couple of years later, I would be much more receptive to it than I was yeah. at the time. Yeah. But it, for me, that was like the anti-Jurassic Park. It was just, everything mm. was at the wrong moment for that one.
0: Have you watched the
1: Plinkett review of Titanic? Uh, I must I must have. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I must have at some point.
0: I think that's a really fair review because I obviously thought he was going to absolutely tear it to pieces the way he mm-hmm. did the Star Wars prequels. And he does tear it to pieces and he criticises it and I can't disagree with any of the criticisms. Mm-hmm. But also, you come away from that thinking, he acknowledges it for what it is. It's a great piece of filmmaking. Like... Mm-hmm. It did all the things it was supposed to do to be a film that people would enjoy. And I, I took it hook, line and sinker. I loved it. And I, st- <laughs> I still enjoy watching it. I still enjoy watching it. We've, we have one more round, Gray. This is the bonus picture round, so you're going to need iMessage.
1: Bonus picture round, okay. All bonus right.
0: picture round. So for people who have been stuck with us and are doing this, we'll have these pictures somehow in the show notes in a way that Gray devises... That he sees fit, because he's a smart boy. We'll
1: link to them. That's what we'll do. (laughs) How how will we possibly do this? We'll link to them.
0: You'll be unsurprised to hear that this round is dedicated to flags. Oh, oh, God. Okay,
1: pressure's on. Uh,
0: I'm going to send you four flags. Here comes comes the first one. Number one. Obviously, I just want to know what this is the flag for.
1: Yeah, of course. All right. Brady has sent me a flag. It's orange on the top. It's green on the bottom. It's white in the middle. And there's a wagon wheel in the center. This is the flag of India.
0: Correct. Here right. comes, here comes <laughs> number just, two. I might not be so confident for the next one, but I felt like I've got he, this one. <laughs> here, here comes number two. Okay. What do you got? What are you saying?
1: Okay. We, so we have, it's the, it's the America flag with the, it's not actually the America flag, but it looks like it. And it has the single star in the corner instead of uh, a field of stars and the thing is i always i know i always kind of mess this up and i feel like this is the flag of two places but i want to go with liberia as the as this flag or possibly puerto rico
0: <laughs> liberia is correct okay phew okay here comes number 3 i feel like the puerto rico flag is similar i can't remember it but it's something like that number
1: 3 coming your way it's the english flag and it has a It has a a sword in the corner and what what sort of thoughts are percolating around your head? Okay. so, So this is one of those moments where I'm, I'm worried that I'm overthinking a thing. What I'm suddenly getting confused by is I'm thinking city of London, right? But what I'm thinking of is, is city of London has the dragon crest that they use on everything. And what I'm suddenly less sure of is is this is this Gibraltar or is this City of London like in City of London is the dragon and Gibraltar is this one but maybe Gibraltar has a different one no Gibraltar no of course not Gibraltar has the um, I think it's the castle and the key that's their flag so I'm going with City of London but I'm going to feel really stupid if the City of London one is a dragon and I'm just messing this up in the corner not the not the sword City of London is my final answer correct Oh, oh, thank God. Okay. Woo. Final one. If this is an evidence to people that when I do videos, I forget everything in the videos immediately after, I don't know what else is. There's <laughs> the final one. Okay, final one. I have never seen this flag before. Uh, so what I'm looking at here is a purple background. There is a circle with six spokes coming off of it and there's a little mini white circle on on uh in the center of it
0: i i have never seen this before i have no idea do you know what just before we after i'd made this quiz and had put this together i i quickly went on to reddit because i was just going to check the reddit comments before the show Uh and unbelievably this flag was on my front page because it's the top it's the top talking subject at the moment on vexillology. Oh, no. And I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, now Gray's going to see it, and it's going to be in his head. And so you obviously haven't checked Reddit today because... Uh, I, I have, have
1: not been on Reddit today, no. So, I, uh,
0: so oh, curses. If only I had been on Reddit yeah. more, I would have gotten an additional point. <laughs> what what I, is this the flag of? I thought there was a chance you would know it because I, this, is, this is from a... I'll, I'll, I'll bark it as a cross, but this is a... Um, this is a flag from a collection of flags or from a, a country whose flags you have a lot of time for. Is this one of the Japanese prefecture flags? It is a Japanese flag. I don't uh, know if it's a prefecture. It's actually the flag for the city of Tokyo. Oh. What do you think of it as a flag? I'm not a huge fan of the purple color,
1: mm. uh, but that is just my own personal bias. I, I don't like the color purple in general. Yeah, uh, Purple is the child that red and blue should not have together. It's, it's, uh, it's an unfortunate color. I just don't like it. But I I, I genuinely feel like this is something with the wiring in my brain that doesn't like purple. So that, that is not objective. I'll say that I like it, but as far as Japanese flags go, I feel like I've seen a lot better than this. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, I will say the thing that you normally say about flags that I like, which is it's a little logo-y. Yeah. I feel like it makes sense as the flag of Tokyo. But it's it's a it's a little bit logo. Like when I when I looked at it, my my gut reaction was, this has to be the flag for some kind of faction in a video game. That oh, that right. that was yeah. my thought. Like oh, there's some team video game for which this is the flag of. That was that was kind of my gut reaction. What do yeah, what do you okay. think of it?
0: What do you think of it? Yeah it it doesn't it doesn't look ancient, which I would have thought the Turkish flag might look more ancient, maybe because of the purple. Uh, is it, is it purple because of some royal association? Although I don't that's, know, I think Tokyo has a great royal association in ancient times. Uh, but anyway,
1: that would be my guess. Though is is it's it's a it's a royal association. I imagine that this is one of those examples of this is a flag that looks better with the other flags that it goes along with. Yeah. So that that's partly why I'm a little bit hesitant here. Is I imagine this could look quite good on a wall with all of the other Japanese city flags. Uh, but but on its on its own it's not perhaps my my absolute favorite, but again, I'm I'm acknowledging some personal bias there.
0: So let's recap, everyone. I'm going to go through this in the order that I read the categories in. World leaders, the Australian Prime Minister was Gray's only failure, and he scored three <laughs> points. <laughs> Sport, he pulled Jeff Dujon out of the bag with some social engineering. <laughs> And scored two points. World War II, four points with brilliant knowledge of the uh, nuclear bombings of Japan. <laughs> Mount Rushmore put another four points in the bag. Music was a bit of a failure, but Gunter Beethoven saved the day. <laughs> and we had one point. Mountains, two points thanks to K2. Famous Wives, a stellar four out of four. Knows all, knows all the Hollywood wives as well as uh, politicians and royalty. <laughs> Steven Spielberg films, the the pressure, the pressure mounted, but he still came away with a respectable three. Space, I gave him a generous one point after he did fall for the little trick involving the moons. Yeah, generous and, and, one, generous and, one. And, and, and Uranus and Neptune was a bit of a debacle. Mm. Uh, websites, only one point, but they were very hard questions. And the picture round, a very respectable three, as you would expect for a flag expert. For a total score of, if I've added up correctly, 28 out of 40. Before you say anything about what your expected
1: scores were. Yep. I already feel like Slumdog Millionaire, as far as this quiz is concerned. (laughs) I feel like I got some incredibly just lucky coincidences with answers. Yeah. There were just a bunch of things that I feel like were not for random circumstances in my life. Uh, I would not know, including one thing that I will have cut out in the show because it has to remain confidential and behind the scenes. But it's <laughs> like yes, I have I have some uh, unexpected connections to these answers. So I am feeling great because I genuinely expected I might walk into a Brady general knowledge stroke trivia quiz. And walk out with zero points. Like I fully expected I could walk out with nothing from this. I so- think
0: I I think I would have failed in my job as quiz master if I put together a <laughs> quiz in which you scored zero. I would have been happy with the, a quiz in which I think the average person would get about half right and half wrong. I would mm. have been happy with that. So before we did the quiz, I went through this and I predicted what I thought you would get. Mm-hmm. I I predicted what I think I would have gotten, although mm-hmm. I am I am guilty of the not saying it out loud thing, and right, right. May, maybe I should dock a few points. And I made the quiz, and it's all stuff I'm interested in. So what I would have got is probably not that relevant. Mm-hmm. And I also made a prediction of what I think what I think an average Tim should get. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you what those numbers were. Remembering that Grady scored twenty eight out of a possible forty, mm-hmm. I thought I would have scored. This is not very meaningful, but I think I would have scored 33.5 out of Mm -hmm. 40. I think an average Tim, when I went through it and made little notes, I think an average Tim, so if you're listening and you did it, I think 19 is a score you should be happy with. Mm -hmm. 19 would be a solid score. Anything above 19, I think you've done pretty well. Mm -hmm. I predicted that Gray would score 23.5, and and he scored twenty-eight. Hmm. So, so he exceeded my predicted score by four and a half points.
1: Yeah, but that's that's pretty bang on for a for a guess. And what I got, I, I think that, that, that counts no, as a, a total agree. win. I don't agree. I
0: don't oh, no. agree. I think. Here I, we I, go
1: again. What counts as close and what doesn't count yeah, as close? I, I think agree with I you. Think that's pretty good.
0: I agree with you. I think you've slumdog million at it. I think. <laughs> I think. I think you've nailed it. I'm really impressed. <laughs> I, t- I take it all back about you being in your little shell. You've uh, <laughs> you you are the quiz master. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really impressed i'm really impressed
1: i am genuinely surprised that i got as many right as i did uh yeah. so but this was this was uh this was interesting this was this was interesting i think it's interesting to see what questions you picked uh i guess like uh, that was fun to see what what you thought are, are questions that you think i might know or questions that you just like to ask so uh yeah i i, I quite like this experience and i I am particularly looking forward to seeing in the Reddit how people who played along in the audience, how they did. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, people's results.